Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Welcome to the Andy Staples Show. Ari Wasserman is here. He is no closer to his Mercedes. At least I don't mm-hmm. think so. Four Sweet 16 games played Thursday night. You hit Tennessee plus 400 late after the ball started collapsing against FAU. And I don't think that worked out real well. It did not. You know what I love about this podcast, Andy? We're recording on March 23rd at 1128 Central. It's after midnight in Florida. And the first thing we got here is a let's go Gamecocks on the comments. Absolutely. It's just like the, the passion. It just... It's well, and we, did, we, we did that college football Sweet 16 episode, and the first 19 comments were some guy asking us why we didn't have BYU in there. Yeah, and we hadn't uh, even named a team yet. <laughs> and those are the, those are the people that we do it for, you know. Um, yeah, I went 0 and 2 on Thursday. Uh, mm-hmm. Both value plays. My parents are in town uh, visiting their granddaughter, so uh, I've been kind of distracted. Do, do uh, you do, do you feel less? inclined to gamble when your parents are around do you feel like that that your mom no they know who i am might, okay no they know who i am uh and i had my i had uh michigan state plus 200 um and i thought i was going to get that one and my dad was bought in um oh, and uh, come on yeah. when, when marquis noel threw the lob after pretending oh, to argue it. with your own yeah, tang was, come on we were eating uh chinese food at the table and i was pretending not to watch the game because i was engaged in the conversation and i was like dad you got to get up this is you know this is the last possession he he's aware of what's happening here um you know the, the thing that you'll come to know about me if you don't already is andy i'm unapologetically myself there's no hiding me from anyone you know so uh my wife was sitting next to me and it was kind of upsetting because she did an office bracket pool and mm-hmm. she's inexplicably number like first place. Of course that's how is. it works out. <laughs> uh, and she had Kansas state winning and getting into the elite eight. And she was like rooting against my bet next to me. Like that's like, sh- it's almost like final four baby. I think she would rather lose money than me win the car just out of principle. Like well, if I like really right, and, if we and, gave her ass juice, I think she would be like, you know what? I'm not. He, she's not rooting for me. Like when she sees me sweating on the couch, she is like not engaged at all. It, but this is what I appreciate about Britt because Britt and I are cut from the same cloth. We'd rather be right than the other person be happy. <laughs> yeah, I think that's. I think that's. Uh, that's probably on track uh, to to some extent. But no, that was. Uh, I'm happy that we waited. To, to record this because that was that UCLA Gonzaga game, the most entertaining game of the tournament. Oh yeah. Yeah, I think so. And well, I think K state and Michigan state was highly entertaining. It was just as K state Kentucky was highly entertaining. Uh, was K state's point guard. Like, was that the plan to fake argue with the coach in order to lob that reverse? I, I think from- so. He also, he also trash talk Mateen Cleaves. While throwing another lob, he said, watch this. And okay. he didn't know who Mateen Cleaves was. He just said, Isaiah Thomas's friend. I was talking to Isaiah Thomas and his friend. And he's like, watch this. And he throws a lob. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's that's how you, uh, you know, Mateen Cleaves was like one of the best basketball players in college of all time, right? Like, it's like almost shocking that he wasn't a, a long NBA player. He was a phenomenal college player. Like that, that 2000 Michigan State team was off the charts tough. Like they were, and I don't know anything about basketball or his size or whatever it is, but yeah, uh, I remember like when I was a kid, that guy was the man. Yeah. Uh, So, but Marquise Noel, someone, I I think Adam Kramer and and Adam and Paige pointed this out on their podcast uh, earlier this week. Uh, They do the one from Bleach Report. K-State has the best 5'8 athletes in America. 
Like Marquise Noel, Deuce Vaughn, Darren Sproles. They're just always. I don't know where they. I mean, they, they find them in different places. Like uh, Deuce Vaughn's from Texas. Marquise Noel's from from New York. But it's unbelievable. And also, can Marquise Noel replace Deuce Vaughn next year? He's got some eligibility, I think. Yeah. We may, I don't we know what's the right way how to that say might it. work. Kansas State is 5'8 U. Is that like the way you could, you know, everybody else is linebacker <laughs> exactly. U or O line I saw somebody, U? Or... I saw somebody advertising they replaced kicker U the other day. That was, I'm not sure it was a, uh, it was intended to be funny, but it was hilarious. And uh, you'll get, you never guess which school it was. What school was it? The Texas my, Longhorns. My, my horns. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, no, uh, Jacob Ari is without a hat because it's almost midnight here. All my hats are in a uh, are in a storage uh, container in our closet, and my wife is sleeping. So I'm trying my best to uh, be a loving and supportive husband of her sleep, and I'm humiliating myself on live camera with my midnight Dude, weeknight you're not hair. Humiliating so, yourself. The lettuce is tremendous. If you yeah, if you're not watching the lettuce. YouTube stream, I don't know where where you are. Uh, but yes, this is late. Ari's hair is unkempt, but still well, magnificent. Also, too, if you thought I'm the wearing my glasses. I always wear hats is to cover up some sort of male pattern baldness. Now you know. No, it, it, I I just think you are you are containing it because the the sheer majesty of it would be too much for the average person to take. Yes, the the, the actual reality is I am too scared to wake her, wake her up while getting the hat. Um, of course you are. You know there is nothing worse than the scorn of a woman woken. Right? Is that is that the saying? Something like that. Yes. Hell hath no fury like a woman woken. Woman's woke like a woman woken. I think I used the a woman awoke. Uh, I, I think awoke awoken. Maybe the word awoken. Yeah. I'm so afraid to wake her up. I might just sleep on the couch. To be honest, you know, because like I got <laughs> see my, this is this is where our spouses differ. Because it, it's funny because past about three thirty in the morning, everything will wake my wife up, but. Right after she falls asleep, there is nothing that will wake her up. You know, it is interesting um, being married to a light sleeper. So, you know, that it, it for me, like when I was single, I would just watch old family guy or Seinfeld clips on my and like leave the TV running all night and just sleep with that on. Yeah, but now, now, now you can't asleep. watch now man hands and fall asleep to that. N- no, can't. <laughs> you can't watch anything. It's pitch black. We have a sound machine. Like it's the whole deal. Like it's like it has to be the perfect setting. Uh, and like I uh, used to be a tosser and turner, but like I'm so afraid to wake her up in the middle of the night. I've trained my body to stay in the same position all night. And I'm also like three times the size of her. So like I try like really hard. I think we need one of those Tempur-Pedic beds where you can like, you know, where you jump oh, on the bed definitely. one side and then the other side, the glass of wine is sitting there. Oh, you like, absolutely we'll get to that point. That. You, you uh, need the Craftmatic adjustable bed with, where there's basically a line down the middle and you can each adjust. But I will way. say this, Andy, if I ever get a bed that I can hit a remote button and it sits up for you, it's over for me. Like getting out of beds, the last cardio left I've got. I think. You, so, you really yeah. are. are. Are you one of the people from Wally? Like, uh, probably. You sort of ride yeah. around in your scooter. I mean, like think about, you know, those beds where you can like elevate your legs and sit up, you know, mm-hmm. if I had one of those. Like it, it would be a real never get like, out of terms, it. Yeah, like you how just, could you, you even get out of that? You just have Postmates or Uber Eats drop something at your door. You like, devise a device to, to get it for you. Because I'm not really a bed during the day type person. Like I like to watch TV and hang out on the couch if I'm like being a couch potato. Uh, and there are some people who just like love laying in bed all the time. But if I had a reason to go into my bedroom and lay on my bed at like 2 p.m. Because I have this, like, I think that it would be detrimental to my productivity. So, I think. Uh, all right, all right, yeah, we gotta, we gotta okay. let the fans know because so there's we got Friday night Sweet Sixteen, we got the Elite Eight on Saturday and Sunday. How close are we to that Mercedes 500 we, SL? We're not gonna get it. Uh, I'm, but I'm up. That's the thing. Um, I started with a thousand dollar budget. Um, and I'm up 1100 as we record this, but what happens to the, how fund to turn, if, like if the fund does not add up to enough to get the, the 500 SL, what I have to buy, if I, 
So if it doesn't get to 15, I lose the bet no matter what. If I'm down, I think she just hates me and I lost the money. And if it's up, I have to invest it in the stock market, which okay. is That's a nice fair. consolation prize. Uh, but I, I don't plan on being up. Like I'm going to fire every bullet that I possibly can to try to like get live in final four weekend. I, I can't wait. I can't and that's wait. why I've been, that's why I've been playing a lot of big dogs, like four plus 400 plus I'm like trying to pop something. Cause well, that, like that, my, that was a good spot with Tennessee because they've been winning most of the game. They have a lull. six, I think yeah, at four to one down six with eight. Yeah, minutes that left, was, but, that know, was like before that was, the, the flagrant call. Yeah. Um, and then the flagrant call happened right after I put it in. And my buddy Vaughn, who was in it with me, I think he got in before too. I was like, God. And then they cut it to, they cut it to, uh, I believe it was either six or seven and had a wide open three to cut yep. it to a one or two possession game, clanked off the, the front of, of the rim, and then it turned into a transition layup. And I was just like, that was it. But that, that um, was it. Uh, yeah, but I'm going to go down the, swinging. The, the fans in the chat telling you to stay away from Alabama on Friday night. They would like, I'm not like mush. I'm Alabama doing pretty well. Make the elite eight. <laughs> I, I'm not, I don't, I don't think that I agree with the mush part. Like I got pretty up because I hit fairly Dickinson in the first round over Purdue live. So like, I'm, I'm like kind of, you know, finding my sweet spots here, but um, I'm not going to give my wife the satisfaction of, of earning any money out of this. We're either going to be down a thousand or, or we win. Like there's no in between. <laughs> <laughs> Or you're just you're just cruising around in your two seater. That's yeah for life with kids. That one that oh, I sent you on Twitter was pretty sweet, wasn't it? it it's, there's one in Tucker, Georgia. It's so I like it. I like the silver yeah. a lot better than the black. So yeah, I'm I'm all for that. I will I will head up there. I can just do a quick quick flight to Atlanta. Hop on I twenty and drive it to you. Yes, that would be great, and I'll pay you back when you get here. Um, all right, Andy, we're eleven and a half minutes in. Do you want to tell these people what we're talking about tonight? We're talking about Texas A&M, Jimbo Fisher, and Bobby Petrino because we have not recorded since that press conference that ostensibly was to preview spring practice but turned into one of the more awkward exchanges you're ever going to hear. It's almost like nobody told Jimbo Fisher, hey, you're probably going to get a lot of Bobby Petrino questions in this deal. Well, the thing with the, the whole thing about it to me, Andy, and then I'll let you play the clip is, the fact that it was the first news conference of spring football and it was awkward. First like, one what, since what is there to be hired awkward Bobby about? Petrino, by the way. So that to me is is alarming. So play the clip. And if you haven't oh, seen it, but it, there, it is a there, strange there are clips. We have clips. four clips. Yeah. So we'll just we'll just kick it off with the first couple questions. Our 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 guy Olin Buchanan from Texags led the way with, with the first question. And uh, and and we'll just work our way work our way through it because it's it's almost like a play in in four acts. So here here's the first couple questions. Jimbo, how much difference can we can uh, will there be in the in the offense, and how much control? Now we ain't worried about. Here's what we're doing. How much control yeah. does Bobby have? We're running our thing. We're going to be base fundamentals. We ain't getting into scheme. We ain't getting into anything. That's what we're going to do. That's what we're going to practice. And what we're going to do on a daily basis. What we put in that day. And then we be based on how you execute your scheme is what's about fundamentals. Front row on right. What went into the process of bringing Bobby Petrino on board? Well, that was and, a guy we wanted to hire. A guy I've your known. Previous relationship with him as well. I've known him a long time. We've had great respect for each other, and uh, we when we talked, we thought it would be and after meeting and talking to him, we thought it'd be a very good fit for what we're trying to do and the things that we believe in and what goes on. We're just going to work on the fundamentals. So they're not going to run plays? Yeah, I didn't really understand where he was going with that. And right, like, you're just going to work? Are you going to have the lineman in the shoots the entire spring? <laughs> or like, are, are we ever going to go 11 on 11 and run a play? I, th- there's I one think they probably are. That Jimbo Fisher has that irks me. And I don't know if it's because I'm a reporter or if it is something that Texas A&M fans or people who watch his news conferences regularly pick up on, but he has a tendency to start answering questions before the question is finished. And I don't know if that's like a way to control what's being said or how it's being said or what, but it's like, we didn't even get to the question and he was already like, is the first question of the news conference of spring. And he's already got his hand up interrupting it. And it's just like, why is he so freaking uncomfortable talking about it? Like that to me is the most interesting thing about it. 
that was the the thing that interested me because if you look at the the A and M fans' reactions to it, they're they're just like, oh god, this is this is not good. I don't know how anybody A and M fan or onlooker could look at that and be like, I feel really good about the situation there. Well, and, and here's the thing, and look, the the PR staff can help out here. Jimbo does have to listen to them, which maybe he, he he doesn't really do. But when it's the first time you're talking since you've hired the OC that the entire fan base was telling you you need to hire an OC for the, in- the entirety of last year. If it's the first time you're talking, the first question is going to be about that. In fact, almost all of the questions are going to be about that. The, yeah, so the fact that it was almost like surprising to And answers ready where you you come off and you're like, ah, Bobby, Bobby, me and Bobby been just drawing up plays in the dirt. We're having fun. Most fun we've had since I started coaching. Stuff like that. It doesn't have to be true. Just yeah. give, give the people and what they want. <laughs> what you just said is vague. Right. There's no information. There's there's no information being conveyed. It's it, it is almost like canned excitement. Um, Mike Leach, may he rest in peace, said all of that stuff about weddings and gummy bears and pirates and everything else. So he didn't have to talk about his team. We'll be right back after this message from one of our lovely sponsors. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Ari, we have to, we have to pause the, the A&M conversation briefly. Briefly. Okay. Because before we got on the air, you and Tashawn Reed, who covers the Raiders for us in Vegas... We're having a little argument about a certain fast food burger chain Is he that here? people on the West Coast really love, but has objectively the worst fries ever dropped in a fryer. We're going to talk about In-N-Out Burger very briefly. Tashawn is here. Tashawn. What's going on? What's up? Set our man straight. <laughs> hey, man. Ari, listen, man. We've had I this. You were at the tournament, bro. Why are you in your car? Listen, listen. listen. I okay. contributed to our headline. That's all they needed me to do. So I'm going okay. home. I'm okay. Okay. So moving on. Back to your in and out. So I moved to Vegas, the summer of 2020. The first place that this is my first time on the West Coast. I've never been west of Denver in my life. The first meal I have out here is in and out. And so I go to the restaurant. I'm in this line that's hanging out the parking lot. I'm like, oh, this shit must be amazing. Like, like look at this. Like, this, is, this, this must be incredible. And so I order the animal style fries. I get the burger, how y'all say to get it. I even get a shake. I get home to my Airbnb. I'm all excited and shit. And it's so mid. I'm not saying it's bad. The fries are objectively awful. Like, they are. Yeah. Thank you. 
But the burger. Well, is yeah, nobody's going there for the fries. Burger, but the, the fries burger. are offensively bad. It, it, it so takes are away from fries. the burger. Wendy's fries are not offensively bad. Wendy's fries are, are so bad they've had to change them seven times, and they keep getting worse. And yet, In and Out won't change theirs, and everybody knows they suck. You put seasoning on your steering wheel doesn't mean it tastes good. From the texture, even if you put seasoning on that, those, those fries, just the way they're constructed are terrible. And the burger is just okay at best. And mine was dry. It wasn't good. It's not that good. Yeah. And well, I, the question I have, too, is the travel time back. <laughs> you know, you, you're putting this thing in a bag and letting it steam in your car for 40 minutes on your way back to the Airbnb. I don't know what the hell is going on there. <laughs> Go into the restaurant and show some respect if it's the first time you went I there. Was, okay. I was five minutes away. It was five minutes. Um, you know, listen. So here's the thing that that really irritates me about in and out discourse. And I said it to Colton Pouncey and I'll say it to you. I think there is a fundamental misunderstanding on how to grade this burger. When I say it is the best fast food burger there, I don't want to compare it to a sit down restaurant. I don't want to compare it to five guys that cost 12 bucks. I don't want to compare it to anything that's not in its realm. You, we are comparing it to oh, burger. We are King, comparing it to Wendy's, fast food. Water burger. We got it. Yeah. It's yes, a $4 not, burger. Not as good as you think it is. You didn't, when, and if you don't think it's the greatest burger ever, that's fine. It isn't the greatest burger ever. But from the standpoint that it is fresh, that alone puts it ahead of every a single Wendy's, corporate. Wendy's single is, is just as good. Dude, Wendy's says never frozen. That shit comes straight out of a bag, dude. That's disgusting. Like a, a you, said, you said it's $4. Wendy's has a four for four where I get chicken nuggets, fries, a sandwich, and a drink. And it's all good. And like you and you're like worried about like dryness. Like, did you see that picture of that Wendy's burger I posted on the internet? You can chip <laughs> your tooth on a Wendy's burger. Well, I'm so, it's like I mean, you like, want to talk about like mid. That's bottom of the barrel I, garbage. At least I didn't announce they put a burger onto the grill and make it for you. I, I by the way, we got to we got to talk about mid because Tashawn, you you were a, a generation younger than me. That is the most devastating insult your generation has devised. Yeah. I hear it from my kids all the time. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, it's worse than being called terrible. Like being called mid is worse than being called awful. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, the worst and- thing, we work in sports. The worst thing in the world is, is something that's just average. Like you want it to be either awful or great. Yeah. Right. Like that's what's yeah. best for business. But what are you expecting from a drive through restaurant? I'm, I mean, the way y'all hype it up. I'm expecting something that's really, what do you mean? Like, yeah. be I mean, have you ever gone back? No, I mean, I went back to take somebody uh, this weekend, actually. And it was like $8 for the shit that they got. And it smelled <laughs> terrible. It looked terrible. It smelled <laughs> terrible. This confirms that I, that I will never eat here again. I didn't, you know, here's eat. the funniest was, thing, I'm Andy, very hungry. about this whole situation is that my food takes on this show are kind of out there sometimes. Mm-hmm. But like liking in and out is the most mainstream with the flow and the trend that a human being can get. People call me a contrarian. It's like me liking in and out is as cliche as you possibly can get. Yeah. And it's like, I have to go to the gym and pay a personal trainer every day because I am an expert in this stuff. <laughs> and I'm letting you know right now that there is no, and I've I, like, I, if you took every burger chain, from California to Maine and you put it on a plate without the wrapping, I can tell you where it came from. Like I am an expert in this, in this field and there is no burger that is fresher or has tastier meat on the burger from a drive through place than in and out. And if you start comparing it to McDonald's and Wendy's, all that stuff is good. It's chemically made to be good. But that's I'll why go it's good. This. Everybody likes oh, it. Oh, look, look, look what I found, Ari. Look what I it's oh, it's the Roku remote of justice. Uh-oh. <laughs> what you are about to witness is real. The participants are not actors. Ari Wasserman has said something on this podcast that has caused one of his co-workers to call him a dumbass. Rather than meet in Temecula and settle it with their fists, the two parties have agreed to dismiss their claims and have their dispute settled here in our forum, Judge Andy's Court. That's right, I have the Roku remote of justice. I am ready to issue my ruling. 
Tashad is correct. In and out is mid. Dude, listen to me. And I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this as Tashan goes because I know he's had a late night. Anybody who orders a steak in a steakhouse well done doesn't have any opinion worth Me considering. Medium well. Get it right. Is you don't talk with about beef okay. with me. I don't want to hear your opinion about beef. You want to talk about the Raiders? Ari's right about, about this one. Medium well sucks too. I don't eat well done steak. Y'all, ate, y'all saw me eat the steak. We got a steak together in Vegas. They I had to bring a nice. chainsaw to the table so you could cut uh, a piece of meat. You got <laughs> the Nicole Arback, our esteemed coworker, posted it on Twitter and it looked incredible, did it not? You're gonna sit here and lie on my name. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, yeah, no, the no, it was way fine. To order a I'm steak just is rare. I have made my ruling. But Andy, you so you think that Wendy's burger is as good or better than In and Out's burger? Yeah, They're both Shake Shack okay. is better. I just had Shake Shack at the at the at the basketball game because Shake Shack's more expensive tip. though. Shake Shack is also twice as expensive. Yo, yeah, listen, we it all, doesn't have drive-thros. We yeah. we all make livable wage here. I, I'm okay. I'm okay. No, you got extra money for the steak. You right, can't compare Sean. a Ford Festiva to a Corvette. It's not the same thing. They're both cars, but they're different. <laughs> to Sean, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna randomly send you links when we're recording. I I just want you to pop on every once in a while and just bomb Ari. So we, we're, right. we're gonna we're just make this a regular thing. All right. All right. Well, let me let me get on the road so I can get home. <laughs> all right, bro. Okay. Good seeing you. Yeah, you I don't know how anybody could think that. I really don't. Uh, ah, that like, was, and you like have a pretty sophisticated palate. You really think that that like you really think that it tastes just as good as is in and out. Ari, we're talking about fast food burgers. Does it matter how sophisticated? That's the what is? makes in and out such a hype thing because it's fresh and it's cooked. Uh, and oh, it's cooked. Actually- what a what a miracle! <laughs> yeah, as a, as a po- well, you think it's always cooked at those restaurants? The fries Listen, are I'm aggressively big- awful. So are Wendy's. I would say and that Wendy's fries are worse than In-N-Out's. They are not. There's nothing. Wendy's there's no fry worse than terrible. In-N-Out's fries. There are no fries worse than In-N-Out's fries. None. All right. We must. It doesn't matter if the burger is fresh if it doesn't taste good. Are there people on this on this stream right here that will take a bite out of a fast food burger and be like, this doesn't taste good? Every burger from a fast food restaurant tastes good. Oh, yeah. It's salt and fat. I mean, it's, it's designed to hit all, the, a, all the good stuff. <laughs> okay. All right, I get flustered about that because I think it's so. I know, I know. I I, I gotta so I gotta reel you back in. I gotta reel you back in because we gotta we gotta talk Jimbo Fisher some yes, more. Yes, let's talk about because, Jimbo Fisher. So we we have now seen the clip where he cuts off Olin Buchanan. By the way, Olin works for Texags. All they're trying to do is write things that make the ags look good, <laughs> like. <laughs> <laughs> They're yeah. writing for an audience exclusively of Texas A&M fans. Like it is not a critical. I mean, they, yes, they're critical because they would like their team to win, but they are they are in support of the Aggies. They're not <laughs> coming. They're not coming to the press conference to start. Right. Fun. Beef. They're not trying yeah. to stir it up. So it is. It is truly amazing that nothing was prepared for this. But let's. Let's move on. So now we get to the, uh, there, there's a question later about the, t- the timeline of hiring Bobby Petrino. Because remember, he, he was coaching in the FCS. He was a head coach. He takes the UNLV offensive coordinator job. Now, he d- there had already been rumors about him and A&M before that. And then when he took it, we were like, oh, well, I guess they're going to, you know, A&M is going to move on and find somebody different. And then they hired him. Well, Let's see if this clears that up. I know there are reports initially you, you were interested in Bobby, and then he took the job at UNLV. What made you go back to, to pursuing him and, and wanting him for that position? I didn't go back. I never left. What, 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 what was it about him that, that made you want him to, to pull him from UNLV from already having Same taken the Same thing I did when I, wanted, when I was talking to him in Missouri. I just never made a decision until then. <laughs> Okay, again, it's it's the first press conference since you've hired your new OC. Like the playbook is you you build this person up into the second coming of you know Sean McVay and and Kyle Shanahan and and Steve Spurrier rolled into one. Like this is supposed to be the greatest. Ever. That's how this works. That's that's how the the college football hype machine works. Like you tell you talk about how awesome he is and how how great the offense is going to look. 
And then, you know, ultimately we usually get disappointed by what actually we see on the field, but you, you got to at least talk it up a little bit and you don't even sound excited. You have to explain what the first news conference of spring football is supposed to be. Oh, rainbows, sunshine, pumping, hype, uh, talking up players that are young that we haven't seen. It's supposed to generate excitement for the potential of your team. And the thing that I was the most bizarre thing about this is that he seems legitimately uncomfortable up there. It's defensive. The entire tone of the news conference as it pertained to that topic was defensive. And like you are bringing somebody in to fix the biggest ailment of your team. This person has a uh, interesting past, but one thing's for sure is he's the off, really gifted yeah, off, off the field in the office. Yeah. Not, not a great pass, but he's, a, he's a gifted play yeah. caller. So if calling theory, plays fantastic pass, if it would yeah. work like a and M could be really good with the talent that they have come. Like this is a time where by talking about how great of a hire it is and all the potential that he sees and, and not only the coaches, but the players responding to the, to the new hire, is a way to erase all the negative things people said about his offense a year ago. But here we are talking about it again, reminded again about how bad AM's offense was. And it's just a confusing temperament for the time of year. And if he is defensive out of the gate, because Bobby Petrino brings up other emotions because of off the field incidents, that's something that you need to consider before making that hire. And be prepared for when you finally have to talk about it. So, like, I just thought the word that I would use they didn't even is ask bizarre. Stuff about that, I no, know, like, but don't you think it was just bizarre? It, it was, and 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 that's what that's what worries me for this whole arrangement. Now, look, we said this when when they hired Bobby Petrino. It was, it was sort of either or, like either this is good because Bobby Petrino is the one guy who's not going to be intimidated by Jimbo Fisher, who's not going to be like, you know. Oh, okay, fine. You can you can have the play calling back. He's not going to do that, and he's also going to be like, "Look, you hired me to do this, so I'm going to do this, or you can just pay me." So that's p- the potential good outcome. The potential bad outcome is this just turns into a, a quagmire, which this doesn't sound like anybody's excited about it. And this is this is another thing about the whole one voice philosophy, which uh, Nick Saban probably is the the one responsible for this the most where the head coach talks and none of the assistants talk. And it's great when you're winning every game, but when you're not, then all it does is lead people to speculate because there's just, there's a vacuum. There's no information. All they can do is, is speculate. So all we can do is talk about how the, how weird this all sounds. That's because that's all we got. We got this, yeah, so this press conference. Here's my theory. And you tell me if you think I'm onto something. I think that Jimbo Fisher's greatest joy being a coach is probably offensive thinking, philosophy, and calling plays. He was put into or put his team in a position last year where he had no choice but to hire somebody that would tempt him or force him to give it up. He is probably not excited about having to do that. And now we're discussing potentially glorifying the person they brought in or he brought in to save him from himself. Right. Because because and I think that that's an uncomfortable situation for him, because if if it it works, works, what does it look like? He torpedoed. I don't get the credit for this. Yeah. Now, if it works, you do get the credit because you won games. But, Which is the funniest thing about it, because like nobody, yeah. nobody is going back in time and looking at who the offensive coordinator was every single time Nick Saban won a national championship. Right. Yeah. Look at this head coach and what he built there. Yeah. And me, Jim McElwain, Doug Nussmeyer, Lane Kiffin. You know, it's <laughs> Brian Dable. Yeah. Well, the thing, the thing that is, is just kind of interesting to me is. The job of the head coach in college football has morphed quite a bit the last mm-hmm. 10 years. And I think being a successful uh, head coach and being looked upon as dominant in your field 
every single year that goes by is becoming less and less about X's and O's acumen and more about management ability hires. Yeah. I mean, getting, Nick you know, doesn't even make, run the defense and he's a defensive guy. His, he's always let his DC call the defense. We still nobody consider him cares. the goat. <laughs> yeah. I mean, nobody cares who's actually calling the plays. Everything that happens on the field is comes at the feet of the head coach. Mm-hmm. If Bobby yeah. Petrino goes out and calls the best offensive games we've ever seen in our entire lives, then Jimbo Fisher absorbs credit for being smart enough to go get him. That's yeah. the way this works now. But you're but not for a, whatever reason that doesn't seem to be how things are working at Texas A&M. So, like, I I really want to see this thing on the field. We'll be right back after these words. Our Sam Khan from The Athletic was there, wrote a, wrote a column about it. If you haven't read it yet, go read it. It's it's very interesting because Sam kind of captures some of the awkwardness. Mm-hmm. And it, it just – because I keep going back to what they have on their roster. And I realize they, they did lose people to the transfer portal. But their first 22 are going to be real good. Connor Wegman looked like the right quarterback. If Bobby Trino calls the offense well, there's a chance they can be successful. Now, I do worry about their depth because they did lose a lot out of the portal or into the portal, have not pulled as much out of it. But And that still could be fixed because the portal's not done. Right. The portal ain't done. We can we can talk about that a little bit too. But it is it is just odd. So all right, now we get into what the offense might look like. And it's gonna sound an awful lot like every press conference after every game last year. Jimbo, how much difference can we can uh, will there be in the in the offense, and how much control? Yeah, we ain't worried about. Here's what we're doing. How much control yeah. does Bobby have? We're running our thing. We're going to be. Jimbo, uh, what is it about Bobby philosophically that you like about because of what he's done in the past and and uh, what he brings to this program? Yeah, I mean, Bobby's an experienced guy who's called plays and done a great job, and he's got a really good foundation and fundamentals of football, which have great balance, whether it's running the ball, throwing the ball, and has been able to be very productive in the things he's been able to do. How would you describe similarities and differences between you two philosophically? Uh, we ain't got enough times on hours on day to do all that. <laughs> but at the end of the day, we all we believe in one thing, execution. So at the end of the day, that's what it's about. An over route's an over route, a dig's a dig. How you get there, what you do. And it's we get so caught up in ex, it's not scheme, it's execution. And then that goes back to how do you execute? Fundamentals, alignment, assignment, technique. No matter what you do, and if you and if you want to know technicals, if you go watch everybody in the country, everybody does the same thing. Go watch film. If you sit down and watch film. There's not a hill of beans between anybody. The first answer was great. Was exactly what he should have said right at the beginning. He's got a great track record, great offensive mind. I think I think it's going to work out very well. That that's fine. But then you get into the same answer that you got after every game last year, where it was, it's not the offense, it's the execution. Everybody runs the same plays, everybody runs the same concepts. Yes, everybody runs similar concepts, but that doesn't mean everybody runs the same thing. You 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 tell me like what Jamie Chadwell ran at Coastal Carolina, where what he's taking to Liberty which is a triple option-based spread offense, doesn't look anything like what Texas A&M runs. Mm -hmm. What what Josh Heupel runs at Tennessee, which is based on the the old Art Bryles-Baylor offense, doesn't look anything like what what Texas A&M runs. I mean, you could literally just go watch an offensive coordinator put the defense into a pretzel with pre-snap motions. Right, right. Yes, a dig is a dig. A counter is a counter, but how you dressed it up beforehand and how you how you made the linebackers look and move and how you made the safeties look and move, that has a lot to do with the success of the play. That is coaching. That is not player execution. You have to come up with that window dressing as the coach. Also, if scheme isn't important, then why was there a need for a hire? Right. Is Bobby Petrino coming in to help people execute better? Well, apparently so. 
But it, it, it was strange that that because that was the the fallback last year. That was always the fallback when when the question was and the questions were always kind of a, a different version of. Do you think your offense is past its prime? And he'd say, well, no, it, it's all the same stuff. It is and it's not like some teams like. Baylor, for example, right now, they run a lot of outside zone. That that requires a really different skill set from your offensive linemen than teams that run a bunch of gap scheme stuff. Very different. You're recruiting different people. Like, so to say that is an insult to everyone's intelligence. I mean, and also about, what do coaches do in the offseason, Andy? Uh, they they go look at other people's plays. They go clinic with people. They go talk to people in the NFL and try to learn as much as they can. So they about what can create new about plays? Execution? Yeah. Uh, no, about scheme. Yeah. So uh, you know, I don't know <laughs> if A and M's offense averaged forty one points a year this uh, game this year. Do mm-hmm. you think that Jimbo would ever just come out and say that Petrino's a genius calling plays? Like, do you think like that this is what that's about? I don't know. I don't. Again, I don't know why that's important because it's not going to take any zeros off Jimbo's check to say that. Yeah, and the more zeros on the on the right side of the win loss column, the better. Yeah, and and everyone will be happy. That's the thing; they won't care if you're who did what if you're winning. No one will care. Yeah, it's it's truly bizarre. And the thing, yeah. too, is and this is the one thing I want to ask you. It's like if you want to believe in the change, right? Like Because you want to believe that Texas A&M brought in somebody who can help them fix their offense. Doesn't the head coach himself have to be the first person bought into the fact that it's going to be different? Yes. Because if the head coach doesn't buy in then what I do think you are setting yourself up for is an impasse between coordinator and coach head coach. I I think you may be right. And this is, this doesn't give me a lot of confidence. And Oh, by the way, we're talking about a humongous buyout still like $76 million. If, if this, if, if they decide after this season, it ain't working like that's, just crazy, but and last year it was not on the table. Like firing him was never on the table. But this was something that was talked about before the season ended with Jimbo Fisher and the administration of Texas A&M. It was decided this was going to happen. So it's it's so weird acting like all of this hasn't been decided or it's just, it's just odd. So let's, let's get to, let's get to the, the end point here. This is, this is, they're about wrapping up here. So help me out. So you, you, hiring Petrino is going to help your execution. Am I correct? When you're saying it gets down to execution, whatever you see that he does comparable to you. Allow us some things. I think he's a very good coach and, and I think he'll help, help us offensively. Yes. Execution. But mm-hmm. so what, what so about, it's what it's what coaching is. I mean, at the end of the day, it gets yeah. back to being able to execute what you do and be able to be consistent in what you have to do. Yeah, I just trying to see that you guys mm-hmm. a little more comparable so you feel the execution will be there better. Well, hopefully. It, I mean, that's what we're here to try. Based <laughs> off our fundamentals and our work habits and what we do on a daily basis, that's what we'll get back to. And, and what about who ma- who makes the play calls? Would that be him or you? Yeah, I mean, we'll go through that as we go. Go back to the back. Plan on him making calls. Plan on him calling plays. I have no problem with that at all. He almost wouldn't say it. And Alan Cannon's asking for the next question, the the SID. And then he's like, oh, I don't have a problem with him calling plays. Because he didn't have to say it. I think it's it's kind of a good news that he did say it. It's like, what if the press conference would have, what if he would have ended with that? What if we would have ended with, we'll get it, we'll go as, we'll figure it out as we go or whatever. I think that would have been far worse. Uh, he got there. So I'm I'm glad he got there. But, man, it was pulling teeth to get there. He looks miserable. Yes. And, it, and it, it is very similar to every interaction last year. Yeah. Yeah, post-game interactions. We went to a few of them. 
Yeah. And it, and it's, it's, I just, I don't know how that helps at all. And, and if you're going to do the one voice thing again, you got to be prepared to answer the questions because you chose to be the, the lone voice. So, I mean, you could, I guess you could not answer any questions at all and just say the results will speak for themselves. That would be more encouraging than what he said. That would be fun. I would like that. I would like the it. The results speak for themselves would be good. I would like, I would have liked it more, I think, if when he got the first question, instead of saying, no, no, we're not going to get into that, he just said, I'm going to let the results speak for themselves. And they just walked off <laughs> and, and not talked again until after the first game. Don't you know how much excitement that would have created? Oh my God. It would have been because people would have interpreted that as confident, like this is this is gonna be I mean it, it would have depended on how he said it. So so how all right, I'll 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 be Jimbo Fisher and, and you okay. you tell me how I sound. So you asked me the, the question about what, what the offense will look like with, under Bobby. You're Jimbo Fisher. I'm Jimbo Fisher, yes. And you want me to ask you the question? Yes. Okay, I'm slow when it comes to the sort of thing. Say, I, thought, I thought I made that fairly clear, but yeah. Jimbo, the talk of the offseason has been about the <laughs> improvement of your offense. You let, 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 me stop, let me stop you right there, Ari. Let me stop you right there. You'll see on the field. The results will speak for themselves. Peace out. I got a cattle auction to go to. Uh, I mean, that, that uh, sounds like nine and three at least. <laughs> All right, give me give me the give me the spotlight. I'll be Jimbo. All right, all right, all right. Jimbo, uh, you hired Bobby Petrino, and I'm curious how that's gonna gonna change the offense or what's what's gonna look like this year. Let me just put it this way. When you see the results on the field in the fall, you'll know the answer to your question. Twelve and oh, right there. Twelve and oh. I'd buy that. The, the, no what's funny like about that is, is the answer could actually be like four and eight or twelve and zero anywhere. In yeah. <laughs> well, what like did this news conference make you feel worse about buying stock in this? Yes. Same. Yeah. And I realize and on the we're first day of spring into it, but no, I don't think we are. You don't? Think I really so? don't. No, okay. I don't. I think that temperament is a really. How many coaches in college football are agitated on day one of spring football? Very few. Very few. I, I mean, I don't. I don't even recall it. So, oh, it is. It is the time of hope and joy, and everything's going to work. The new defense is multiple. The new strength coach is the the greatest thing since sliced bread. And the old strength coach wasn't sliced bread. Curves. Um, Slice spread. Whoops, wrong, 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 school wrong coach. Yeah. Um, so here's Sam wrote a great column, and I think everybody should go read it. But the one thing, not there's no but about the column, but the thing that I would, I might have also wanted to write if I were there with him, is the number one thing when it comes to fixing your own behavior, right or reforming yourself right improving yourself is you can't address you can't fix a problem until you acknowledge it was there right right you can't fully commit yourself to the improvement of said issue if you don't acknowledge it, the existence it, yeah of the if issue. you don't think there is an issue then you can't fix the issue so i don't know that i believe that jimbo fisher goes to bed at night in his california king Definitely. And thinks that there was a problem. <sighs> See, I think he thinks there is a problem, but I think he still thinks he can, he alone let, can fix it. Let me rephrase it. There's clearly a problem. There's nobody yeah. who could have watched that and not seen the problem. I don't think Jimbo Fisher goes to bed in his California King and thinks that there's a problem with him. Hmm. Ah, that that makes more sense. This is this is going to be 
one of the more interesting stories of the college football season. And I do realize we, we have some folks who say, well, why do you talk about these guys so much? They're not winning a lot of games. They're not dominating because it is fascinating because they are paying so much because this is a guy this who should does, be genuinely fascinating to just he does have a national championship fan. on his resume. Like we watched him win one at Florida state and, and that was a legitimately dominant program for most of the time he was there. So to and the see reason this, why he got this contract. Yes. Yes. So to see this is shocking. I mean, it, the, the results last year were shocking and you you would hope for their sake, all of their sakes, that that's the anomaly. But you see something like this and you're like, this, this feels worse. Yeah. Yeah. And I honestly know that sometimes we get super laser focused on one team and that team has been A&M probably five times in the past year. And, you know, there could be some A&M. Iowa the rest of the time. Yeah. But I, I do think that this should be inherently interesting to a college football observer because I think there's a lot of lessons to be learned about the way that a and building their program. Yes. And like in the NIL world, and I think the reason why people hate A&M so much is that they have put football above everything and they have financially backed that, back, that, that thought process or that commitment up. And you have a coaching staff with Jimbo Fisher on it. The mm-hmm. offensive coordinator is Bobby Petrino. And the defensive coach, the coordinator is DJ Durkin. You have all these ultra talented players. You have the portal. You have NIL. You have a large and different fan base. Like, I think I would say right now that AM is the most fascinating program in college football. I would agree with that. I would agree with that. And, the thing about it, you, you mentioned how large and passionate the fan base is, and I think that is a is different thing here. And yeah, it's a they're really loyal. But I will say I have noticed a tone shift of late in the in the Texas A&M discourse because yes, even yes. even through a lot of last season, Texas A&M fans were still very quick to defend Jimbo Fisher. They don't feel it doesn't feel to me like they're defending him very much anymore. It they're seems just like, uh, they seem more fed up yeah. than, than anybody else. Yeah. And like it's almost like, you know, being held hostage a little bit. And yeah. the only thing that you can do is hope for the best, but you're not going to be on the front lines when it comes to, you know, they're like, I know a lot of AM people. You know, I, I don't know if people know this, but my wife went there and a lot of her friends have spouses that I've met went to AM. And there seems to be a, with these people, and I'm not talking for the whole fan base, but from these people I know, a sense of defeat before yeah. it even starts. Yeah, and and that is <laughs> that ain't what you want. That that's not good. Especially we mentioned it. The transfer portal opens again next month, and the idea I would think if you're a And M is to bolster your depth by pulling some transfers in. But if things are are not going well, or if they appear to not be going well, then you worry about losing more. I mean, it, we we've seen we've seen that, and because that we talk trajectory a lot, and now we have this sort of way station in the off season where we can look at different programs' trajectories based on what's going on in the transfer portal. Like, you know, Florida has a situation right now where. They had an offensive lineman who had transferred in from Baylor, who looked like he was going to start this year, who tweeted on Thursday night that he's entering the portal again. And yeah, doesn't mean they're going to lose him because it's not open yet. And they they might be able to convince him to stay. There's a weird he might be injured. They're like we and that one, I think there's more probably more to the story than, than what we've seen with just just his tweet on Thursday night. But that's that's another program where the trajectory feels off right and the fan base is is very apathetic and you know they're they're excited about your guy DJ Lagway the quarterback who's who's committed for 2024 but i think a lot of them are like 
clinging clinging on for dear life like can can all this let's can get they, there can yeah get to 2024 yeah so like that's that's the problem and we saw it last year like that that's where after spring practice like jordan addison left pit and you're like whoo i don't know about the trajectory because you know narduzzi's saying uh, well it's you know it's because he's going to usc and i think if he'd have been happy there he stayed like yeah we're going to get this post spring practice at various places where some teams are going to get stronger and some teams are going to get weaker through the portal and A&M like I'm going to be watching that like a hawk because I I thought their transfer portal losses were understandable Manageable. right yeah because they kept everybody they they felt like they really needed to keep but they can't like they need to have a net gain this next round just for depth purposes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't know if they have to have a gain in totality when you have both sessions, mm-hmm. they have to have a gain on this next session. Like if more people pop in now, it's yeah. like my number one thing with A&M is, uh, in terms of being incredibly alarmed would be the loss of the key members of that class that they signed that 2021 and they've lost a few, but they signed 18 top 100 players. And I think 16 of them are still on the roster. Right. And, and going into the second year. So if we went position by position, I, I would feel very comfortable with their top 22 with their, their starting 11 on both sides of the ball. Like I feel, I feel comfortable with that. I feel like that's talented group. Like if things go right and you have good injury luck, that's a team that can be very competitive. What I would worry about is if they can't bolster a little bit and they have some injuries, then then you're looking at, at a problem. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Um, there are a lot of programs that I think have the ingredients to do it, and I'm just kind of waiting for them to arrive, and the wait is starting to get too long. Well, And I, I honestly, I'm going to say this right now. You want to leave people on a cliffhanger? Let's do it. I don't know that USC won't be one of those programs in three years. Really? Yeah, I'm starting to lose faith a little bit there. Uh, see, I don't think you should lose faith yet. I'm not going to even make that a cliffhanger. I, I want to talk about this for a minute before we go. Yeah. I don't think you need to lose faith because, first of all, as much as I complain about their defense, you know, Lincoln Riley's defensive philosophy and and how he's going to have to change that to to make them – capable of, of fielding a dominant defense at, at any point, they're always going to be good offensively. They're always going to be a pretty good program, no matter what. It won't be enough. It it won't be enough in the Big Ten if they don't make the changes they need to make. But I, I'm I'm still not completely out on them making the changes. Like I, I, I think he's a smart person. And I think Well they didn't they, this year. No, but that was the first year. So now you've 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 seen what what you got. You've seen how this works. I'm not I'm not giving up on Lincoln Riley quite yet. I I'm not I am giving uh, up I'm, on Lincoln Riley. I'm not saying they'll never be good or that they stink. My question is if they are going to be in three years from now a program that we talk about in the same vein of when are they finally going to break through? And like, right. I think you can kind of make case that they were close to. I mean, they, listen. If Caleb Williams didn't hurt his hamstring, was it hamstring in Vegas? Uh, Maybe they're yeah, in the playoff in year one. Yeah. yeah. I, they got really close. And I thought that the column that you wrote off of that game was tremendous. And I think that the column, he did exactly what you thought couldn't happen this offseason. And his, yeah. the premise of your column is get serious about defense or get serious about not winning. Right. right? It's like, right. And, you know, this was their first season in USC, but it wasn't their first season working together. I know, I know, and that's that's the argument I've been making when when the USC fans would come at me with, "Well, he just got there," and I'm like, "No, what I'm saying is this is this is what it was always like at Oklahoma, and it's like this again." And the talent accumulation piece of it too. Yeah, like they, if you want to call it USC's personnel, mm-hmm. what has USC done to right. rectify that issue? Right. Off the so, field. yeah. So like, we, that to me, that to that's scary because like Lincoln well, Riley they, exists. They got Anthony Lucas from Texas A and M. 
That's on the good. D line. <laughs> yeah. People helping people, you know, <laughs> and we've come full circle. Aren't we? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, everybody. Listen, enjoy the sweet 16 games on Friday. Enjoy the elite eight. Ari and I are going to be back with a fresh piping hot new show, like, like a, a fresh bag of, of disgusting in and out fries. We'll be back on Sunday or Monday or both. Probably both. We'll talk to you again soon.